The Mysterious Ladies, Episode 2 of the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters Podcast. Hello, and welcome everyone to the podcast. I am your host, Wayne, along with my lovely co-host and wife, Michelle. Hey there. Coming to you from the glacial dumping grounds known as the Michigan Basin, where we cover such topics as UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, paranormal encounters, ghosts, the Michigan Dog Band, Bigfoot, and all things paranormal and strange in and around Michigan. Okay, well, welcome everybody to the podcast. I am Wayne, and over here we have Michelle. Hey, everyone. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We are glad to have you on board. As we said in our intro, this podcast talks about all things from UFOs, the paranormal, ghost, cryptozoology, all kinds of things in between. But tonight we're going to be looking at some uh, cryptozoology in the podcast. I'll give you a little hint. We're gonna Big talk- hairy creatures. Yes. We're not talking about any relatives. We're talking about Bigfoot. So we will talk about that. And then we're going to delve into something um, Michigan ghostly folklore that I didn't know was specific to Michigan. But we're going to talk about the Lady in White of Belle Isle, thanks to a, a member of our Facebook community. So make sure you join that Facebook community. If you have some suggestions you don't want us to look into, we will happily do that. But then we're going to go even more into the mysterious ladies of Michigan. Back to my childhood in Canton, Michigan, and the Denton Road Blue Lady. Ooh, the Blue Lady. So that's uh, kind of what the show's going to encompass tonight. So welcome, welcome. And I think it's time for that special time of the podcast. What's in the news? Let's see what's in the news. $2 million bounty placed on Bigfoot in Oklahoma town must be captured alive and unharmed. Time to go camping, folks. Yep. In Oklahoma City, a $2.1 million bounty has been offered in Oklahoma for anyone able to safely capture the mythical ape-like creature known as Bigfoot. Yeah, so in January, one of their representatives, Justin Humphrey, introduced the House Bill 1648. So if they were able to pass it, it would establish rules for a hunting season for the mythical creature. So it sounds like the legislation eventually died uh, within the committee to local reports. Right. Yeah, and by the way, this article comes to us from Fox 2 Detroit, and March 19th is when it was originally published. So uh, nothing like that kind of a headline to get your attention. Oh, a great way of, you know, stirring up uh, tourism. Sure. And let's see what else they have to say here. Yeah, they they basically knew that it was to promote tourism in a heavily uh, wooded district of southeast Oklahoma. The district includes the heavily forested Washita Mountains in southeast Oklahoma, where a Bigfoot festival is held each year near the Arkansas border. Humphrey says issuing a state hunting license and tag could help boost tourism. Now, people like to make fun, and this is where, you know, when you talk about UFOs back in the day and the news reporters would come on and in the background you'd hear the music from the X-Files playing all the time. Well, here we have Bigfoot. And they 
are now using politics and the government to just drum up tourism over something I think is actually something that should be truly investigated. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I look at this article and I start thinking of setting free Tiger King and Ted Nugent to go look for the mythical creature. However, yeah. Nugent would come out with a coat and a purse. <laughs> well, right. And he would he would definitely shoot it and eat it. Where'd that so. arrow go? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, we yeah, don't send Ted Nugent out there because um, he would tell you how... It tasted after he shot it. I was going to say, and cooked Tiger it on King a would be like, oh, I got to have that. <laughs> All right. What else do we got in here? Um, the original bounty was set at $25,000 when, <laughs> when he first introduced the legislation. Humphreys added that he'd like to see road sponsored by Bigfoot signs installed in the community as well as some Sasquatch tracks in public areas. Huh. So I guess this is a big deal. It's kind of like the Roswell with the aliens and UFOs. And, you know, he even says here, we're having fun with it. It's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. But at the same time, I know a lot of people thought I was crazy. Not necessarily. But I think if people chill out, they could see this could be a serious deal bringing in a lot of money and a lot of tourism. So, way to go, guys. Uh, we could also talk about the hairs that were sent off in 1976. And, you know, 43 years yes. later, they right. come back as, you know, of deer family origin. Yeah, exactly. Um, in 1976, Peter C. Byrne, who was a leading authority on Bigfoot research, found the only known physical evidence of the notorious Sasquatch somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. He sent that evidence to be analyzed by the FBI, and after four decades, four decades, that's, you know, Yeah, the hair was about five inches long from the right. illustration shown, but four decades later, finally got back yeah. with eh, deer origin. So, yeah, and then here we we got the results. It took us 43 years, but just to let you know. Yeah, we, the put the is, new, we put the new guy on the job. And 43 years later, it's of deer family origin. Related to Bambi and not Bigfoot. Look, this country is so big, there is plenty of places for a small population of ape-like creatures to live. They could have escaped from a zoo. Um, they could have been leftovers from you know, the Ice Age time. Whatever the case may be, I think they can still be around. I mean, we're finding now mountain lions have moved into northern Michigan. And it wasn't too long ago where they were saying people said they were seeing these large cats. And they were, oh, you're crazy. <laughs> Here, kitty, kitty. Not that kind of cat. No. <laughs> Not one you would want to run into. Well, for a long time, we didn't have coyotes down in lower Michigan, and now we do. Oh, absolutely. I see them hit along 94 in going into Detroit. Nothing like hearing the baby cries late at night. Right. Yeah, so that was a, a kind of a fun yet interesting article. I still say load up the camper. 
Yeah, we're we're going looking for two point one million dollars. It'd be worth it. We'll help with the tourism. All right, so that finishes up our news, and we're gonna get into taking a break. <laughs> I think it's that time to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, everybody, welcome back. That was a nice little break. Um, What I want to do right now is just give out a couple of shout-outs to some podcasts. We have the Midnight Truck Stop. That's hosted by Big T and Blue Knight and a very cool group of guys over there that have people call in and they interview people that have seen strange things during their travels. And uh, these guys, they discuss those strange and unexplained incidents that so many of us have experienced while traveling along the desolate highways. So truck drivers and long distance travelers from around the world have long claimed to have experienced everything from strange lights off in the distance to inexplicable and haunting encounters. The highway can be a lonely and sometimes eerie place, and no one knows that better than the men and women who drive for a living. So definitely go over and check them out. You can find them on iTunes and uh, Spotify and Google Play. Everywhere else you can find podcasts. The other podcast I want to give a shout out to is the Brothers of the Serpent. Um, again, these are one of my uh, favorite podcasts to listen to, and I uh, personally want to thank them for reading my email on one of their episodes. Great bunch of guys. They get into everything, ancient history, UFOs, paranormal. Definitely check them out. That's the Brothers of the Serpent podcast. And uh, somebody else I think this group would probably be interested in listening to is Ben from Uncharted X. Uh, Ben is a longtime fan of history, and he puts up incredible videos on YouTube, and he has just started putting his shows up on iTunes in a podcast format. And then he also does this thing with like the Brothers of the Serpent that they call the Swap Cast, where they will be on each other's shows, and he goes through uh, his video journeys of places like Egypt and Peru. And uh, he does interviews and these swap casts with people like Graham Hancock, Johanna James, Matt from Ancient Architects. Just all kinds of cool stuff happening in the podcasting community when it comes to looking into ancient mysteries. Um, One of the things that Ben looks into that I'm very interested in is evidence for high technology in places like Egypt and Peru how did they move those gigantic megaliths that we can't even move today with any of our heavy equipment it would take uh, an awful lot to move these things Um, so just very cool stuff to look into so you can check out Uncharted X you can look him up on 
YouTube and then also, you know, iTunes and other places where podcasts are found. So uh, definitely give him a listen and or a watch. He does some great videos. Again, he actually goes to these places and investigates and films everything. So some very cool stuff. So we're going to get into our main topics tonight, which is the Lady in White of Belle Isle and the Blue Lady of Denton Road. Yes. So we're going to dig into that here a little bit. So again, the the Lady in White of Belle Isle is not something that I was privy to. Now, I have heard of the Lady in White folklore who seems to or a urban legend I guess you could say who seems to be a kind of a traveler's warning tale of of many things honestly but um you know it seems to be a common trope you know don't pick up the stranger along the road at night kind of a thing or don't follow the lady in white into the woods Right, exactly. So, um, for those of you that don't know where Belle Isle is or what Belle Isle is, let alone where it is, it's about a thousand acre, um, square acre island in Detroit. It's um, located in the Detroit River and it's kind of um, on the southwest edge is the the border between Canada and the United States. So, but it is located in the Detroit River. It is a Michigan Department of Natural Resources uh, state park, so they manage it. And it is the third largest island in the Detroit River, just right after Gros Eel, and a fighting island, which is very interesting. It's basically this little island, and it had a zoo on it at one point. And that zoo, I believe, closed in, I want to say it was 2002, somewhere Well, they've had races over there as well. Yes, right, right. Car races, and um, they do fireworks and things like that. And it basically became a a party location um, for the Detroit area. I never knew there was this legend of the Lady in White of Belle Isle which I found interesting. So I started doing some research and digging around. And what I came up with is um, basically, you know, Detroit's uh, Belle Isle Zoo. It opened in 1895, but then closed for good in 2002. Um, In 2005, the Belle Isle Nature Center opened, and it still continues to be open today. Well, you know, considering COVID and stuff, I'm not really... 100% 100% sure on that, but um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting little island. Um, people go there, they can uh, ride bikes, um, walk, those kind of a things. There's some attractions there, but the legend of Belle Isle is very interesting. So here's what was written about the legend. It says that something will occur if you park your car near one of the bridges and turn your motor off or... If you stop your bicycle and wait, or if you're hiking and stop at a bridge, after a few brief minutes, 
the apparition of a withered, decaying old woman draped in white will make herself visible. This old woman will then raise her arms and beckon you to follow her into the woods. She has been seen mostly near the bridges and swampy areas. Now, one part of the Belle Isle Island is a forested area, but it's mainly like a swampy forested zone. Um, so it that's kind of the the whole um, the legend behind this woman in white. Now, what happens when you go into the woods after you follow her? Well, that's a good question. Um, it can be uh, many different things. You go into the woods and you are never seen from again. You just kind of disappear. One of the things that she used to like to do is menace the necking teenagers that would be on the island. So, you know, keep those pesky teenagers from making out in the woods. We just say there's a ghost in there. The actual specific name of this woman is the White Lady of Tanglewood Drive. Not a good place for a date on a Friday night. <laughs> no, probably. Well, I mean, if you want your your date to be scared and jumping into your arms, maybe. That would work then. But yeah, it seems that, you know, this folklore goes back to rumors that started actually during the race riots of 43. There were some bad race riots. The rumors were that a woman and a baby had been thrown off the bridge at Belle Isle. And those rumors spread on both sides of the race riots that kind of got going in 1943. Some people said that it was a Caucasian woman and baby that were killed by African-Americans. And then African-Americans were saying it was African-American baby and woman that were killed by the Caucasians of the time, which started in a whole riot. Actually, a couple African-American men were prosecuted for inciting a riot and spreading a rumor. Sounds kind of familiar. Without even social media, this was going on. So that was back in 1943. But the real interesting stuff comes from what the island used to be known as. The island used to be known as Rattlesnake Island, and then it was called Hog Island before it was renamed Bell. And so this island basically had a um, idol that was supposedly worshipped by the Michigan Indians or Native Americans of the surrounding area. And um, there was a snake god, which was the idol that they worshipped, that was reportedly destroyed by French priests in 1760. They smashed it to pieces and then threw it into the river. Well, because obviously that was the idol of a of a god. And that would put a curse on the island. Well, it recombined into a giant snake and then was said to protect the Native Americans against the white men, the French that had came over to that area and uh, was going to, you know, protect the Native Americans during that time. But what really gets interesting is if you dig back further 
and these stories all seem like they come from these these roots of of mythology or storytelling but there is a a ghost story that is uh more about the it's more of a direct message about the conflict of native and colonial cultures so this was back in the 18th century so you know the 1700s and it tells of an ottawa indian woman carrying on a clandestine affair with both a british soldier and a saginaw warrior the woman would stand in the window with a lit candle to let the brit know it was okay to meet after the warrior figured out the couple's signal he stabbed her to death for years the woman's ghost was said to appear in the window of the mill where she'd lived roughly where 24th street is today sadly even ghosts can fall victims to urban blight the mill was torn down um and this was in 1775 when um, the mill was torn down. Very interesting mythology, I guess you could say, and ghost stories that go all the way back to Native Americans in the area. Oh, and also about this, uh, the snake god. It says that the Native Americans in the area said that a god kept his most beautiful daughter in a boat in the Detroit River. But after the winds fought for possession of the girl, he moved her to Belle Isle, which was then known as Rattlesnake Island and then Hog Island before attracting the more lyrical name Bell, and placed a ring of rattlesnakes around the boat to discourage further wind action. All right. So what do you got, Michelle? Well, if we talk about things being torn down and fast forward a little bit to the first half of the 19th century then we end up with the story of the blue lady legend so and growing up in the area just east of canton michigan um, this was a known legend in the area as far as taking the drive down michigan avenue and hanging a right on denton road to travel to the denton road bridge to see if you know, my my friends and I could see the the blue lady, or hear the the crying of a baby near the bridge, or the three infamous lights that would chase vehicles. So, and this goes to a, a story of a farmer and his wife when the area was first starting to get settled as a farming community. Um, you have to imagine a dirt road that stretched all the way from the Proctor Road area um, down Denton Road. Um, since then, it was paved in 2003, but before then, it was a dirt road. And the story goes that a farmer had caught his wife being unfaithful, mm-hmm. much like the, the, the lady in white of Belle Isle, and had murdered her lover with an axe. And when she escaped the house with the baby... She left with a lantern that illuminated a blue glow. And the story tells that he found his wife hiding underneath one of the bridges and she too was murdered. And so the as far as where the, the baby went, um, that was never told. It just became part of the folklore of the Denton Road. 
but the the bridge itself you know there were so many rumors and twists and turns on the story that you know you could be traveling down denton road and your car would stall out on the bridge at a certain time at night and you would hear you know a, a woman crying or you would see the blue light or you would see the windows of your car would fog up and you would see baby footprints on the glass. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, very creepy. Or you would hear the baby crying. Um, Another part of the folklore was where you would have three mysterious lights, like orbs, that would come down um, and chase cars away from the bridge. Now, this is an area that since the 1960s, um, Eastern Michigan University, they used to drop off college students that were um, like pledging different fraternities. And it was they would drop them out in the middle of the cornfield and wish them the best of luck, find the lantern and uh, <laughs> find, find your way back to campus. Would they give them anything? Um not that I just the the lanterns they're so oh, so they would give they would give them the lantern or did they have to find the they lantern? they had to find a lantern oh okay so there's so many twists and turns on this story but the old farmhouse that once existed where this man and his wife allegedly lived has long since been torn down mm. the the area has been commercialized with homes and condos and the road is paved and the bridge has been completely redone from what it was originally as a wooden bridge um the last time i traveled down there it was a 2 a.m trip back in the early 90s long before they paved anything and i will tell the folks who are listening it was definitely much creepier on a dirt road at night than it is on a paved road. So you actually went and tried to see this. Oh yes, the stopping on the lady. bridge. So hmm. great, a great place to uh, to take your friends <laughs> back in the early nineties, and you know, stop on the bridge and see if you could see the the orbs. Or there's also uh, reportedly the the red ball of fire that had scorched the 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 back end or the top of someone's car. That was one of the twists that the story has taken on. But just over time, over time, Denton Road, that is just one of the, the area's folktales that it, we have. Would you say that just that area there is gives a creepy vibe? Is there something that is... is it's not as creepy of a vibe now as it was when it was a dirt road. Okay, and so when if it, it was, was a, not developed. Okay, so if it was the dirt road, if we went there today, would you definitely have like a sense of this is a creepy place right here? Yes, yes, and I know that even since they developed the area, they have um, taken like those who look into the they they took a lady who was into the supernatural down there like a medium and, or something yes, like that yes they had taken a medium there down there and she, even she had she had said that there was something of a, a spiritual sense um down there and a lot of times you'll hear the locals refer to it as the denton demon oh interesting 
Yeah, not growing up around this area, I I've never heard of Denton Road or or any of this folklore. Well, and I'm sure that any of the sounds that we heard back back in the day listening were, you know, probably animals or such. I never saw any any orbs. However, you know, friends and I, we tried many, many times going down there, and it was always the, is the car going to stall out on the bridge? Because, of course, that was always one of the, the twists on the story. Or, you know, we would stop the car. Okay. That's cool. Creepy, but cool. Every area's got their creepy folklore. Well, that's just it. You know, when I was a kid... You know, we talked about um, the haunted, abandoned mental institutions like Eloise and places like that. But you never saw anything, eh? No, never saw anything. But there are reports from many people who have been down there who have seen a woman in blue, like a, a blue casted light around her, um, allegedly from the lantern. Or, um, again, the orbs or headlights from a vehicle that actually, you know, doesn't even exist. Like a ghost vehicle? Yeah, a ghostly vehicle. But again, you know, the atmosphere down that road is, you know, completely different as opposed to its original state and Mm -hmm. before it was developed. Okay. The area was developed. Very cool. Yeah, again, I didn't... I didn't know any of uh, that folklore um, in this area. So very, very interesting. So I guess a question I have for you is, have they ever found, is there any evidence that the woman that was killed was actually killed? No, even, you know, over a hundred years later and all the different variations of the story, they've never released a name. However, they've said, you know, that there was a, a farmhouse out there that used to be haunted, but it's long been, you know, since torn down. Yeah. Um, you know, just like, uh, one of the barns that had caught on fire from one of the lanterns that one of the college students had hid in a barn had tipped over, um, and had, set the barn ablaze so people out there messing around and things like that and then they actually there's always been ghost hunters in the area that have went down denton road um but then you have like the the eastern michigan kids using it for hazing they've used it for hazing um they've said that any glow from the water or any of the mysterious sightings of the glow was actually swamp gas Um, they, they tried one. Yeah. Back to episode one, it was swamp swamp gas. Um, or they've tried to say that any of the orbs or the lights were UFOs in the area. So they've always taken different twists and turns from, from the story of the blue lady of Denton road. So I wonder if there's some kind of connection with like this uh, story about the Ottawa Indian woman who was having an affair with both a British soldier and a Saginaw warrior back in the 1700s. And then you've got the the, blue lady who allegedly was unfaithful to her husband. And in a drunken rage, 
he killed the lover and then went after his wife. Right. There's no real evidence that any of these things happened. Probably did, right? A lot of these things come from a place where... They're warning tales. They're, well, they're that too. But, you know, how many times do you read about the... Or hear on the news? You know, it still happens today, right? The vengeful husband or wife who catches the significant other cheating or whatever. Yeah, cautionary tales. Have you ever... Uh, had to deal with a, a ghost or have any ghost stories Not of your own? I have quite a few. I've actually uh, experienced some some hauntings when I lived out in the Howell area. And one of them was extremely nerve-wracking to say the least. I shared the story on, on uh, our Facebook group quite a while ago. But when I was living in Howell and I had a, a dog and I walked into the house from the front door and in the house there was a hallway that went straight ahead toward the kitchen. To the right was an opening in the, the wall that took you into the living room. And then to the immediate right was a staircase that took you up to the second story. Because we had dogs and we didn't want them to go up to the upstairs we would put a baby gate in front of the stairway and it would just kind of lay there and the dogs would leave it alone but when I came in the house our one dog who was a, a pit bull mix was looking around it was really weird it was like she was scared looking down the hallway at me from the front door and I looked at her and I said Hey, come here. She started to make her way toward me, but I noticed the the hair on her back was like a razor back. It was standing straight up. So something had her spooked. And I was like, Hera, that was her name. Hera, what's wrong? Come here. And I shut the door and she takes a couple more steps forward and she starts growling and she's looking at the baby gate to my left that's just kind of leaning up on the wall. I thought maybe it had fell or something happened. And I looked at the baby gate and the baby gate slid at the dog down the hallway about 20 feet. Just went flying at her. And that dog took off running, yiping like you wouldn't believe. And it went on its own. I turned around and went out the front door, shut the front door and stayed out of the house for probably a good half hour. Before I was going to go back into that house. And that was probably one of the creepiest ghost related apparition, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Not sure what it was, but there was something definitely that was around that property out there in Howell. It was a very old property. The house was new, but the property was very old and... It was said that there was a house fire many, many, many years ago that had killed uh, somebody um, in a house that was on that property where uh, we had built that house. So maybe they didn't like dogs. I don't know, but it was one of the most freakiest things I've ever experienced in that realm, I guess. 
of things moving around and then other things just started to happen so i'll save those stories for another time so we have the story of the white lady of tanglewood drive and then the blue lady of denton road right so i think that's gonna wrap it up kind of a short shorter episode this week give everyone the 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 creeps sleep tight yeah don't go park in your car anywhere in the dark don't follow anyone into the woods (laughs) don't drive over bridges okay well that's gonna wrap it up for today Uh, have a great night everyone all right everybody have a good night and we will talk to you soon You have been listening to the Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters podcast. You can reach us at mi.ufo.podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at mi underscore UFO and join our Facebook group by searching for Michigan UFO Sightings and Paranormal Encounters. So until next time.